welcome to another episode of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. I'm Gib Gerard. Uh, our guest this week is Marcus Johnson. He is the author of FLOW, which stands for For the Love of. We're going to talk about what that means. We're going to talk about how to find the passion in your life. We're going to talk about uh, how to live for the love of what it is you are doing and no longer allow yourself to do things because you feel like you have to, but to do things because you want to, to do things because you are passionate about them. Marcus is an inspiring individual. I'm very excited to share this with you. He, his resume is uh, unsummarizable. You'll, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about in a little bit. We, it takes us a minute to get into the really good stuff, but I am, I'm leaving you this entire interview uh, because I really just enjoyed my time with Marcus so much. So again, really excited to bring that to you. If you are looking for passion in your life, this is, uh, this is the episode for you. If you're looking to make a change, this is the interview for you. So very excited about that. When we come back, take a quick break. When we come back, uh, uh, I, I'm going to give you guys a couple of quick pieces of intelligence, and then we're going to get into that interview with Marcus Johnson. But first, here is a quick word from our sponsors, including Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans. Once again, want to just say thank you to Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans. You guys are awesome. Thanks for making this today possible. Uh, real fast, a couple of quick pieces of intelligence. I think we may have talked about this before, but it's really important. Uh, there is a new app out. It's called the 12-Minute App. I have to read a lot of books for this show. I, have, uh, I, I like to read in general. But these books that you can get like 12-minute con- condensations of top nonfiction books, so like micro books. Every month you get 30 new titles. Uh, they, they are not a sponsor. I just This is just something I think is, is cool. Some of the interviews that we've interviewed on Intelligence for Life, the podcast, are, are on these, uh, in these little 12-minute summaries. So you can just get the, the little taste of, of the books. It's also great if you think that a book might be right for you. But you don't, you know, you want to, you, you want to know if it's worth reading the whole thing. It's another great way to do it. So again, that app is called the Twelve Minute App. You can check that out. You can read or listen to it in audio form. Just go to twelveminute.com. Also, the next time you ride in an Uber, be prepared. You may have to be mask verified. In other words, you may get a notification from the company asking you to snap a selfie showing that you are wearing a mask or your request for a ride will be denied. It's a new policy, and the company adopted this after complaints from their drivers because since the pandemic started, all ride-sharing drivers and passengers have been required to wear face coverings. Until now, there was no penalty if passengers broke the rules, so this new policy is all about making riders more accountable. The company spokesperson said if a driver has flagged you in the past for not following the rules, you'll likely be asked to submit a current selfie just to verify that you've got a mask on. And if you refuse, don't be surprised if drivers refuse to pick you up. Okay. Uh, a little bit of a little bit of intelligence you can talk about with your friends this weekend or or next week or whatever. But now here is my interview. I'm very excited to bring with Marcus Johnson. Marcus Johnson, you have so many modifiers after your name that I can't even I can't even give the little brief bio. But uh, I think right now you would probably say most importantly, the you are the author of the book Flow. Absolutely, for the love of man, making sure that folk. Uh, you know, live a journey, you know, of life, you know, with intention, love, passion, and happiness. And there you go. So for, flow, like you just said, for the love of. And it's important to know when when we talk about this stuff, the, gosh, like, what do you, you call yourself like a, a, an empowerment expert? What is that? What is the line that you've used? Uh, definitely. I am uh, one who is about the idea of making sure that others aren't uh, innocent bystanders in their own life. And, right. And empowerment, you know, um, coach. 
Yeah. So you you love this idea of of the process. It's, so I, I, I want to get I want to get a couple of things about your bio out there so that people can understand the context from which you are speaking. So you're an entrepreneur, and we are going to talk about all of the things that you learn as an entrepreneur and how to apply it to our lives. It's, that's going to be how we talk, how we frame this. But um, you're also a very accomplished jazz pianist. I've heard you play. You are incredible. Uh, you are also a, a Georgetown Hoya Loya, right? Yes, uh, sir. Uh, so you have like, you have all of these, uh, what, what I would say is you have all of these enoughs, right? Being a pianist, being a touring musician and a recording artist isn't enough. Uh, you, you have a law degree. That's an enough. You've started your own winery and several other businesses. That's an enough. You've written a book and you go on speaking tours. That's also an enough. So you have, you have a lot of enoughs and yet and you Dad, right? Yeah, your dad, right? Right. So, like, you have all of these, have all of these things, but you talk about how. Uh, I mean, I guess you tell me how do you define yourself? Um, how do you define yourself in this process? How do you how do you justify all of the multifarious careers that you have? Well, you know, it's just a thing where um, I, I define myself not by the titles, but just what I do. Mm-hmm. And again, as being someone who cares about others and is concerned about the what I call deconstruction or devolution of humanity, um, where I believe that we're all just now, not all, but many of us are turning into reactionary creatures, mm. uh, primordial creatures that don't think and use reason, which is actually what makes us human. Right. Uh, and, you know, knocking on people's doors or like pulling their coattail to say, Man, don't forget you are a human being that's part of a society and you have a commitment to work with others. And then, you know, first off, to, to, to look inside and, and, and be true to yourself. Right. And it's a big time alarm because I think so many people, you know, Jeb, are, are, are just like they, they're forgetting their humanity, who mm-hmm. they are. You know, you can be whatever you want to be. If you want to be dad today or dad in five minutes and then, you know, golfer, you know, which which I like to do. You know, tomorrow morning, that's your prerogative. Live your life, and it's okay that that's your passion. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think that we, we try to conform to so many of other – in the book, I talk about we live society. Don't live society, man. Live your inner your inner voice and, and the positive parts of your inner voice. Not that mug over here that's talking all the crap to you. Right. But the, it's just like be better, Yeah. you know? How do you, okay, so first of all, I would say uh, with all of the stuff you have going on, why have you chosen to waste your time trying to get other people to be, to be self-actualized as opposed to just living your own life? And then the other is how do you start to, how do you start to listen to that voice? How do you start to unpack? As you say, you got you to gotta stop living society and you got you to gotta live in society, but you don't live for society, right? And then, uh, and how do you start to live what you're talking about this where you're listening to yourself so uh th- those two things well you know i come from a family of psychologists and doctors so oh. um, but you know my parents are, are both one's a psychologist my dad who passed a couple of years ago and my mom's a psychotherapist my stepmom is a psychotherapist and so i grew up my entire life learning about psychoanalytic therapy and cognitive therapy hmm. um and just in my soul i was always the kid that was you know, engaging. I was voted most likely to succeed uh, in high school. Um, and, I, and, and that's amongst music and playing sports. And it was really because I just cared. I've always just cared. 
And uh, my parents were scared to death because they thought I was too nice and I'd be taken advantage of. And in certain circumstances, maybe I could have been a little more deliberate in one way or the other. But like, there's nothing wrong with being humane to other mm -hmm. people. And what I found is that I get more out of life. And I even talk about experiences where, you know, I'm about to get kicked out of law school. And um, because somebody in my building with my name wrote a bad check and messed up my credit and they w wouldn't approve my law school loans in my last year of my JD MBA program. So I'm calling the people every day and I'm like, can you please help me? And one day a woman's like, you know, hold on a second. And she comes back in 10 minutes and she's like, the reason I'm doing this is because I've been cussed out numerous times today. And every time I've talked to you, you have been nothing but respectful. Mm. I'm getting off of your report today. It's hum being humane, being caring, being just respectful. You get more out of life, and actually, it's me being self-centered. You know, I get more out of it because I take care of other people, and they respect that I respect them, and they give you more. I mean, that to me is an equation for success. Right. So, you know, the other part of your question is, like, how then do you begin to find out what your North Star is? Number one, you have to use your calendar. Your calendar is your number one budget in your life. It is the budget of the most valuable resource that you have which is your time. Right. And so in that budget, where are you budgeting time for you to disconnect? You have a three-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a 10-year-old. Where where are you disconnecting for your year-old? Right. <laughs> in, a, in a chair, put the mics away, you know, turn the lights off, whether it's meditation, whether it's driving in a car and connecting with yourself. Because when society is doing this, and that thing in the back of your head is society, mm -hmm. and everything you've been taught in judgment um, and self-judgment, when that's going on, you can't hear your heart. Yeah. You have to slow down. That's, that's number one. And then you start writing things down, man. And um, I actually spoke to a group of young African-American males at Harvard last night. And I was like, and then, man, you have to write. Journal to yourself. Yeah. Oh, man, I love it. Love you. Yeah. You know I mean, at the end of the day, love yourself and think about it. Right now, we're at a place in time where that sounds selfish, right? Well, why would I want to take time out for me? I have to do all this stuff for everybody else. Well, man, if you don't take care of yourself, what examples are you giving to your kids, to your significant other, to society? If everybody would just do a little self-love, I believe that's the seed that then you know, goes out and is, is, it permeates society in the positive. There's, there's so much in there to, to unpack. So first and foremost, I would say, like, I, I'm a huge fan of making time for prayer and meditation, of just getting quiet, getting away. I'm a big fan of camping, where you go to a place where you can't have the distractions that we have yep. in our daily life, where you just say, look, I'm going, think about how hard it is to even imagine for so many of us, I'm going to go into the woods for, for three days, right? Mm -hmm. It's not that big of a deal, but we go, oh, but what if I, and then what if, and, what, and you just can't even, you can't even begin to unpack yourself to the point where you, you're willing to do that. The other thing is, one of the things I love about prayer and meditation is setting aside 10 to 15 minutes does not sound like a lot, but just being quiet and not letting your to-do list come into your head, not letting your schedule come into your head, turning off the notifications on your phone for just 10 or 15 minutes. When you start to see how hard that is, you start to realize how badly we need it. Because that shouldn't be that hard. It shouldn't be that hard to be quiet for 15 minutes. And, uh, and how restorative, you know, oh, yeah. of meditation is. It's like my dad um, uh, was a professor, and he would take a 15, 20-minute cat nap. And I'm like, 
dad, you know, does that really do anything? And he's like, son, when you get a little older, you will understand the importance of a 10 minute cat nap and how it readjusts you to get ready for, you know, going back into the world and seeding into others. And I didn't understand it really then, man, as soon as I got out of law school, as soon as I got into business, and even with the advent of things like, you know, um, Google and Alexa and, you know, being able to say, play a mindful meditation for right. 20 minutes, man, and just going through that and being present, it is so important for you to love you, man, and, you know, and I, th- that is the message. It's for the love of, and it's not just for the love of others. It is for the love of each and every one of us, starting with the person that you look in the mirror at each day. Yeah. And you baked into that is this thing that I that I I heard recently where you know we really have no control over the future and and nothing like our current situation to remind us that we have no control over the future because nobody I love this line I've seen it online a bunch is nobody when asked in a job interview five years ago where do you see yourself in five years guessed this yeah. um, and then and then the past we can't change. Like there's nothing we can do about the past. All we have, we can't control the future. We can't change the past. All we have is this moment right now, and how we react and how we behave in the in the situation that we have right now. We can't change. We can't change elections. We can't change our bad grades that we or that bad semester we had in college. We can't change. Uh, we can't change any of this stuff that happened in the past. All we can do is figure out what we're doing right now. And I think, like to your point. Journaling and meditation actually do a really good job for me of quieting my mind, uh, believe it or not, like just getting the stuff out of me does yeah. a really good job of getting rid of all of the nagging uh, you, you separate finding your your heart and your passion from the nagging voice. So finding that real song voice in your heart versus the nagging voice and nothing for me quiets the nagging voice quite like journaling consistently and, and getting quiet consistently. And, and part of journaling, and what I what I want to say is, there's a difference between a journal and a diary, right? Um, a diary is is kind of you know um, where you are the the cathartic cathartic experience of just letting things go. A journal is kind of also looking at here's where I want it to be, mm-hmm. here's what I'm feeling now, and okay, here's where I am today. Where do I need to go? How do I need to adjust this? Mm-hmm. And then the other part of journaling needs, I believe, needs to be the gratitude of, man, I have my kids with me. And, yeah, they get they can get on my last nerve, but I wouldn't trade them in for the world. And my significant other and and I never thought we'd be with each other 12 hours in a day every day. Right. You know, and boy, there are times where, you know, I have to put on my shield to make sure she doesn't stab me and vice versa. But, you know, I wouldn't trade her for the world. And, and those, that, that gratitude compartment. And then lastly, just, it's a matter of do you apologize? Do you, do you, let's say, forgive yourself for those things and your transgressions that, that, that happened? You know, I didn't get that great and I could have done better. I didn't do my best and I'm recognizing it now. And you know what? So let's just let's do better, man. I forgive you for it. I'm not going to judge you for it. And there's mm-hmm. a whole chapter of for the love of forgiveness um, in the book. And the, the, the most important person we have to, to, to forgive many times a day is ourselves. Right. Because if, if you equate it. If you equate it to one mental pound and you don't forgive one mental pound per week and I, I make more than one mistake a week. Then in, in, in a year, you, you're carrying around 52 pounds. Right. 
10 years, you're carrying around 520 pounds. And right. what most of us, man, is we're, car- we're not moving because we're carrying around collective thousands of pounds yes. back. And the only thing you need to do, and this is where I think the brilliance is in God and the idea of, you know, uh, say Jesus was sent down for the forgiveness of sins. It wasn't he was sent down here to change humanity. The superpower was forgiveness. Right. So, uh, I forgive you. Let it go. Wait, you mean all I have to do is let the thousands of pounds I've accumulated go? Yeah. But what about? No, no. That's all you have to do. Let it go. In all your, in all of whatever you thought you were, you can let it go. I forgive you. And if I'm the superpower of the universe and I forgive you, try this. I made you in my likeness as a creator, right? Mm-hmm. Let's create forgiveness. Let yourself go. Now go out and create other things. Man, you know what I'm saying? So that journaling part to say, I did all this wrong. And yet my debt is paid in full. Let's roll. Right. And you so, and you and you you detach yourself from the shame that you were holding on to. That like that that shame is is not that's not good for anybody. No, that doesn't mean that you should be, how do I put this? It doesn't mean that you should be shameless in your behavior, but it means that you should let go of the shame, that, that, that mental weight that you're carrying. Giving yourself grace is really important. And I think there's an important distinction there between like, uh, between behaving shamelessly mm-hmm. and letting go of the shame of that emotional baggage that we were just talking about. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it, you don't have wisdom without that evaluation process. And reflection process either. So mm-hmm. my, my life model, and I'm working on the new book, is called Deeper. So it's D-E-E-P-E-R, dream, engagement, environment, plan, execute, reflect. So in each part of your life, you have to go deeper, right? Mm-hmm. What is your dream about your relationship? What is your dream about, you know, uh, uh, being a musician? You know, are you really engaged in it? Are you practicing? Are you journaling? Are you having your weekly family meeting? Who's in your environment? You have people that are pushing you to have great, you know, relationships with your significant other or to, to go practice, to go try to get new gigs. Is it in a written plan? Because if it's not written, it's a dream. Right. And then you, you do it. And then, man, the, the, the really interesting thing about humanity is we go out and what I call we have um, execution momentum. We just go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, boom, 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 boom. And we never stop to say, is this right? Now, it may be back here, or it may be the good angel on this side, right? It's like, uh, is this right? But we keep going. Instead of saying, look, I need to make sure that my dream was really where I wanted, and how do I refine it? And that's part of the whole forgiveness and selflessness. And as you're saying, you know, letting go of shame, because it takes an adult to be able to say, like, yo, I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. I'm going to switch this dream and go this way. And if we continue to look at ourselves as creators and not finders, I'm not trying to find my way. I'm going to take all that I have and I'm just going to choose. Imagine that. It's a choice. The to, best to, way to predict the future is to create it, right? Like you know, you know, Absolutely it. So many of us, to your point, right, we have this execution, we have this execution uh, habit where we just, we just knock stuff off of our to- to-do list. And so many of us have found ourselves at this, what I believe is an inflection point, whether you want to say it's because of digital communication, because of the lockdown of COVID, the rampant unemployment and the economic slowdown like that comes with it, like all of that, if you, whatever this is, this is an inflection point where we are right now. And we, for a lot of people, they're waking up to the notion that 
oh my gosh, where I am right now, this relationship, this house, this job was all a series of decisions that were made in the back of my mind that I never consciously made. And I don't know that this is where I want to be. So you seem, here's the, here's what I want to get from you. You seem based on your bio, based on your story, based on the talks I've seen you give, like the kind of person who never started making those autonomic decisions, right? Because you have a family of, uh, of people with, you know, of, of, psychologists and psych and doctors and yet you didn't do you didn't do the you didn't do that you went a different route you started you wanted to go to college for music and so you've always had i i, I glean that you've always had this compass that kept you from making decisions on autopilot so is that something you can teach people i believe it is and i believe that a lot of it is a matter of habit um, for those of us, I think it is a, a, a clear matter of environment. And this is why it's very important to me to go back into communities and to speak um, so that I can give another perspective. Um, I think people, uh, and I talk again, I talk about it in the book where people are like, I am, I am just the way I am, right? And I've had that conversation with myself. And it's like, no, you are, as you said, what you choose to do. You can you can have some devious thoughts, I mean, and, and devious and diabolical feelings, et cetera. But if you choose to do something different, that is who you are. Right. Because, again, as I say, the thoughts are autonomic, that they're not who you are necessarily. When you turn them into momentum and action, that's when you start to manifest it. But then again, you always have the ability, as long as you're alive, to change that. That's why I believe in life models. You know, and again, how do you see yourself? Well, I don't like where I am right now. Well, take some time and figure out where you want to go. And look, some of the decisions that you have to come back from are not easy. They will be life-changing. They may change your family makeup. They may change your job and career choice. They may change the destiny of your future. But if I told you in five years from now that you would be happy right. and not have pain in your stomach Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Wouldn't you do it if I told you I could give you a job? If you make a choice to take to undertake this job, you will have no pain in five years or less, and and have like enjoyment. Wouldn't you do it? That and it's as simple as these choices with very hard work and a life model. It's all attainable. You can't teach that. There's a that reminds me of this great Chinese proverb that I quote all the time, and it's the uh, the best time to plant a tree was ten years ago. The second best time is today. Yes. Right. So, so to your point, you know, we we live with this baggage of ten years, uh, and we wish we had made a different choice ten years ago. And yet, okay, but now now is the time to make sure that in ten years we're not having the same conversation. This is this is the moment. So yeah, like you said, you had a bad decision ten years ago. You're living here today, and I'm feeling bad about it. Make the change anyway. Yeah. You know, I yeah. Also, I also heard this thing where the, the only the only two people you should be trying to impress are your five year old self and your eighty five year old self. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And and then, you know, and then it's impressing. I would say and enjoying and and and, and doing it in a way that you are able to enjoy life right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Because again, I I think that looking at impressing your five year old self and your eighty five year old self is assuming that you are not able to impress yourself today. Mm -hmm. And what I'm telling you is if you deep dive deep today, you can enjoy this process. And part of it is saying, I don't need to worry about where I was at five. I don't need to worry about where I am at 85. Right now, I am doing the best that I can. And to me, that's good enough. 
and let me write about it. And mm-hmm. let me say, if today isn't exactly the way I wanted it, which by the way, it won't be exactly, then let's, how do we refine it tomorrow and the next day? And to me, that is fun. That, that's like not boring. <laughs> right? That's being in, engaged in your life. That is yeah. like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that I can write the direction? Like I have the wheel to the car yeah. or, the, or the stick on the plane of my life? Yeah. Isn't that empowering? I mean, to me, that is that is what I want to see into others because that's how you get your flow. How many powerful stories do we need to be told where that's the moral before we all start to internalize it, right? There's a great movie, I uh, just watched it recently, The Art of Racing in the Rain. And his mm-hmm. and the whole art of racing in the rain is he controls the skid. He chooses where he skids so that he's not reacting. He's driving through the rain like that's the art of racing in the rain that's sorry no spoiler there's plenty of plot to go but that's that's the point of it and like uh even lord of the rings right when frodo undertakes the journey all the other hobbits say you don't leave the shire and he knows the only way to keep the shire is to go so that this idea that like that that he has to make his future he has to embrace the adventure in order to have anything of value and that's it's so true. And look, I come from, I told you, I come from a family of, uh, of doctors and lawyers, right? So to tell them I was going to pursue a career in music, mm-hmm. they looked at me like I was absolutely out of my friggin' mind. And even if, though I went to University of Miami Music Engineering and Technology, everybody was like, you are crazy. You're smart. You can do anything. And I was like, yeah, I can do anything and watch what I'm going to do. Right. To the point where even when I went to law school, people were like, you're crazy. You know, even when I, I, I decided to start a wine company, you're crazy. Yeah. It, but again, if you have a model that you live by, th- th- life is enjoyable when you can look back and say, I sure was crazy. Mm. And look at what I created or look at what I learned or, man, I got to fly at least a little bit while I could. That's perspective, man. And that's really all we have in life, doing your best, not taking things personally. You know, the four agreements, three weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to turn your dreams into reality, the step-by-step process. Stay with us. Okay, uh, Marcus Johnson, I want to I wanna pivot a little bit here, but I want to take this idea to your point of, of uh, you know, when you say you can do anything, uh, and, and people say, no, not that. I mean, you say, well, no, yes, this, because I'm going to do anything. Watch me do anything. Uh, how, does, how does the flow system help you get there? And I also want to talk about, and it doesn't have to be in the same answer. We'll, we'll, we'll get it out there. But I also want to talk about uh, the importance of perseverance and persistence. That is, that is a big part of your MO is, uh, you know, if you, fall down, if you fall down eight times, the most important thing is to get up a ninth. If you fall yeah. down 9,999 times, the important thing is to get up on that 10,000th time. So yeah. uh, I'm, I think I'm literally quoting you from one of your speeches with that line, uh, the, with those numbers. But, the, um, yeah. but, but that's, that's how, how do we get to that perseverance? How important is perseverance? But most importantly, how do we use the FLO, the, the For the Love of system, in order to find that, that, that resonance, that heart resonance? So, so really going with the whole flow and For the Love of, um, there, there, there are a couple, I always like to make things about acronyms. When I did the second TED talk, it was really about for the love, love of having fun, right? Love enjoying the, 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 the process, right? Mm-hmm. You must have fun. And the only way to really have fun and enjoy things is if it's yours, 
if you're doing something for somebody else, you know, with only their goals in mind and not yours, that's kind of a life of a form of slavery, right? Mm-hmm. Like you buy into somebody else's dream. That's definite. But make sure that you're deliberately doing that, that you're not, you know, by happenstance living to somebody else's, you know, dream. Then the idea of loving the process, and this is where it goes with an answer to your idea of perseverance. Loving the process with its successes and its multiple failures. You know, I was talking to those kids last night, you know, some first years at Harvard, and it's like, yo, let me tell you something, Harvard students, you're going to fail, and you're going to fail a lot. The difference between those who actually are successful are the ones, and, and that, are the ones who say, I've fallen, I'm getting up. I'm going to dust myself off. I may even need to take a break because this was heartbreaking. Mm. But I'm going to write down my day when I'm going to start my comeback. And that is resilience because, you know, even in early childhood education right now, they're teaching us about um, uh, grit and the idea of G-R-I-T, right? Yes, yeah. Grit is is a subset of perseverance, which is a subset of resilience, and when you put all those together, it's just like you're going to get tackled in football. Right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to hit bad shots in golf. You're, you're going to have bad days in your relationship. The key is stop. Go within. Is this who I am? Going, always going back to your dream. How do you see yourself? No. Change your actions, man. That's your choice. Yes, this is who I am, and I believe this works, but society isn't set up for me to do it this way. Get ready, put your armor back on, fight again, find some new friends, knock the door down, do what mm-hmm. you have to do. But really having a clear idea of your purpose. Um, and I, I'm quoting all my favorite books like the, the, the um, Alchemist with you know, your personal legend, knowing what your personal legend is. Um, making sure that you have that environment around you and going deeper environment of people who are like, here's why it didn't work. But I'm with you because I believe that this will. I believe you're supposed to do this. So go out and try it again. So oh, it didn't. Yeah. So I would say a couple of things. So one, I think we actually, and I, I see it in my kids, and I want to teach them this. I have one of my one of my kids. My oldest is really really smart, and things come really easily to her, which is great, except when they don't. And what I've noticed is because so much is easy for her, the things that don't come easy shut her down and she doesn't want to do them. And mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, what I want to instill in her is, uh, is the grit that we were just talking about of, no, no, that's the obstacle is the way. If that's the hardest thing for you, that's what we need to spend the most time on. Even though it's hard, that's where, that's where the rewards come. And, right. I, and I, I have a hard time because again, so much is easy for her. She's like, no, I'm just going to swim in the shallows where it's nice. And I'm a really good shallows swimmer. It's like, no, we got to go deep. I don't know how to teach her that. Can you, and, and by the way, I don't, so often don't know how to teach myself that. And that's the irony. So here's the thing. And you can learn a lot through working with your kids. So I would tell you to ask her questions. And my father was really brilliant at this when I was like, well, he's like, well, why do you think that way? Well, you know, and I didn't know I was going through psychotherapy with my dad. <laughs> but this is important, right? Like, well, baby, why do you think this way? Well, daddy, these numbers are easy because Chase, my, my eight-year-old, is exactly like that. And as you said, I think we all are. Dad, well, you know, this comes easy, and, and I don't know. And then there are numbers where I know she knows the answer, and I'm like, Chase, are you sure that's the answer? Uh, uh, um, I, 
I was like, look, I need you to understand that whether you're right or you're wrong, it doesn't matter. It's about the learning process. Do you understand that? Yes, daddy, I understand that. So the other thing I need you to know is that I need you to be competently right and competently wrong. And you may actually have an answer in what's wrong that gets you to what's right. Mm. Let's talk about it. That's why, that's why teachers want you to show your work. That is it, yeah. right? Let me show because wait, math is about what, bro? It's about cognitive thinking. It is about understanding critical thought. So Chase, why did you come up with that answer? Well, it was this, 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 and this. Maybe you're absolutely right. I am? Yes. Now go do it three more times. Mm -hmm. right? So then also in that process, man, you're getting your daughter to understand that I have to have confidence that I know this. And the way to get more confidence is to do it more. I'm not going to know everything. And then I make her do the ones that she gets wrong 10 times, right? Because I was playing football. I was playing catch with Sebastian yesterday, the six-year-old. And he's like, um, um, I'm like, we have, you have to catch the ball like this 10 times before mm -hmm. we can go five steps back. All right. So we did that and we went back. Why am I doing that? It's muscle memory. Brain memory is the same right. way. Cognition is, is repetitive. So ask her the question, sweetie, why are you, are you scared to be wrong on this answer? And when you challenge them, it's okay to be, it's okay for you to have fear about being wrong because everything in this world on your phone, on TV, what you see daddy do, what you see mommy do, what you see your brothers do, what your friends do, what everybody's talking about tells you that you should feel bad about this. What I'm teaching you is that it is okay that you mess this up royally. Now let's figure it out. Yeah. How do you teach yourself that now? Like how do we, because it's easy when we're looking at math problems or it's easier. I, that method's great for, for math problems, but how do we apply that to ourselves? Like how do I learn how do I learn how to show my work? How do I learn how to feel comfortable in that failure? Or can I learn that? Or do I just have to be born Marcus Johnson? No, 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 not at all, man. So, you know, okay, you got me there for a second. <laughs> right, so it's like this. You set up a schedule for your interviews today, right? Mm-hmm. Are, are you really setting up a schedule for you to reflect on the things that you're doing wrong? Like, I didn't get that right. I got to really work on this process. Are you? I mean, if you're actually asking me, so, so I mean, the process of, of being a broadcaster is I'm constantly listening to my old broadcasts and seeing what I did wrong and trying not to do them wrong again and trying, like, oh, I talked too much there. I didn't talk enough there, that kind of stuff. So I, I try to grow like that. Yeah. It's reflective, right? So resilience, part of resilience is reflection. And, and, and the idea that, you, and forgiveness is everything that we've been talking about to this point. I'm not going to take this personally. I'm not going to judge myself to the negative because I decided or, or because out of happenstance, I made this mistake. Let me make this a little bit better. And I would say Tuesdays at 11 o'clock or what time is it now on, on the East Coast is 141. No better time than on Tuesdays at 141 p.m. for you to go into your room and say, what did I do right this week? What did I do wrong? How do I make it better? Yeah. How do I make what was wrong right and what I did right better? Right? Yeah. So I have and this. I, I have this right here. Is my planner, and at the at the at, at, for the week, I have my at the beginning of every week, I reflect on the previous week and write out my plan for the new week. It's it's baked into my 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 process, which I happen to love. But do, and then you have to. But the thing is, you and I are willing to be vulnerable with ourselves to say, like, I need to do this. Like, right. I'm not. But when society in your ear, this, when their standard is perfection, 
then you're thinking, well, if I write it down, that's a weakness. Um, and if I'm weak, then, 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 you know, I'm not perfect. And if I'm not perfect, then I'm going to be, then I'm a failure. It's a mm-hmm. zero sum game. And what we've done is we baked this in the education system, standard education systems from the time you give somebody an A or an F or you grade them on a percentage scale, you baked it in right. You're in the 90th percentile. Well, I'm better than you. Right. You're in the 50th percentile. Well, you know, I'm dumb. Right. Instead right. of doing the true evaluation. They have baked self-judgment into it. Yeah, it, under, so, it undermines the growth mindset just inherently in the system, right? Right? So to get the growth mindset back, it is, here's where I am. Here's where I was. Is this an improvement? Why? Mm, okay. Then from there, this is our outcome. It is all a process. It is just like putting gas in a car in a combustion engine, right? Things happen. So you have an input into a mechanism that has an output. All you're doing is looking at what your output was and how you need to tweak the engine to get more horsepower, maybe a little bit less for a particular car, et cetera, et cetera, or race, and, and, and adjusting it to your life model. Right. But just being vulnerable and understanding that perfection is unattainable, but resilience is not, and excellence is not. Mm. I don't want you to be perfect. I want you to live an excellent process, which means being vulnerable, setting specific times where you will go deep on yourself first, where you will forgive yourself for the things that you did wrong, that you will set up your next level of, of, of you know, goals and objectives for the week, and then go rock it. We right. do this for our businesses, right? I spoke to a group of women at the Department of Commerce, and I was, they're, they're like, of course I do budgets for the Department of Commerce. I was like, have you done a budget for your house? No. I never thought of it that way. Exactly, because we're not taught to think. We're taught to do. We're taught to go to work, do what they say do here for these people. No, what I need you to do is if you would do something for somebody else, why not treat yourself as though you love yourself like that? Why not treat yourself as though you love you or treat yourself as as good as you as a person you love more than anything on this planet? Because that teaches those people around you to love themselves, to forgive themselves, to be grateful, to be resilient. And then thus, when you look back on it in reflection and gratitude, you get to say, dang, I'm having a little bit of fun here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so just to kind of, kind of review, the, the first step for us is to get quiet yep. and, and to shut out the, the, the noise, as, you, as we called it before, the nagging voices, uh, and one of the keys to doing that is, again, to, to write stuff down and to schedule that time where you're just going to be quiet. You're going to pray, meditate, whatever your, your, your bag is. Um, and then when you, when you, in that quietness, you really want to train yourself to listen to what makes you feel alive. What is the plan? What is, what, is your, what is your happiest place? Ignoring, trying to ignore all of the societal expectations for what you're supposed to be and just figure out what you want to be. And then the next step with that is what is to get vulnerable um, in 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 what you, in your reflection of what your behaviors are doing to support that vision for yourself, and to be it, vulnerable enough to to say this is not working. It is, and I, I want to stick with the deeper model, right? So as you said, get quiet and figure out where what your dream is, what you said it was going to be. Then, as you're engaged in it, you do actually participate in quiet time. You will never quiet the voice in the back of your head, right? <laughs> Let me tell you, let me say that again. 
you will never quiet the voice in the back of your head because that's your ego. That right. is society. That is how you kind of relate with the rest of the world. What you do learn is to listen to the good parts and ignore the bad right. parts. And to also what- and to be aware that that's the voice. Yes. Right. As opposed to because because that's that to me is 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 so key in 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 my time in my practice is that I uh, is just the awareness that, oh, that is negative self-talk. Oh, that is coming from a place of, of wanting to be invulnerable as opposed to wanting to grow uh, exactly. and, and, and noting it is not half the battle. That is the battle. Noting it. Yes. And, be, and that is being present, man. That is the whole idea of meditation, being present to understand that I can let some of these things just go through me. Mm-hmm. I don't have to address all this because I'm not perfect. And this back here has 50 years on me. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. So it's not, not. But then you start doing things like evaluating your environment. What are the people, places, and things in your right. life that are working along with your dream? What are the things that you need to eradicate from your your people, places, and things that you need to eradicate from your life so that you can get closer to your dream. Then when you understand that, that's your arsenal of resources that you deploy in your written plan. It may be a weekly, daily plan. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It may be an hourly plan. But you can say, for tomorrow, I'm just going to be focused on these three things. And I would say also make sure that in your written plan, you distinguish between a to-do list and a success list. A success list is the thing that allows you to realize your dream. A to-do list is just crap that you do. Right? <laughs> it's, a, it's paying the gas bill. It's making sure that the car gets smog checked. That's the to-do list. None of that is going to move you to your dream. Exactly. Right. Right. And 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 it's making sure so you have your success list. Well, man, it's waking up tomorrow morning and, and, and going as much as you can according to that schedule, understanding that anything can happen tomorrow. So if you, out of three hours that you set aside to get on your success list, you can only spend 30 minutes on it. Okay. Figure out why. See if you can change it. Let yourself go. And then start again the next day. Mm-hmm. It, 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 and, and that is where each night you should have 20 minutes of reflection of how did I do today? You know? And, and honestly, and with the people around you too, the ones that you love, baby, you know, how, how was your day today? Uh, part of your, your success list should be family. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. You know, How's everything? That's why I believe in like family dinners and and sitting down together and saying like, well, what went on today? How are Mm -hmm. you doing? You have a bad day? Well, well, Susie did this. Okay, let's talk about that a little later. Well, but the interesting thing you you bring up there, look, there's there's a lot of research about the efficacy of family dinners on on childhood performance, right? On and and on the resilience of the kids that whose families had uh, and the education level of the kids whose family had nightly family dinners. And the interesting thing is that what you just described is a typical conversation. What went well today? What went poorly? And it's exactly the reflection model that we've been talking about this whole time, mm-hmm. right? What you are doing is you are, that may, maybe this is the key. And I don't know that, uh, and that any researchers have actually, have actually solved the puzzle of why the nightly dinner does it. There's a lot of uh, correlated factors. Like usually it just, it means that there's a certain level of stability in the family and a, a certain amount of time spent together. But there's, there's right there is something that I think is really interesting is you are training your children in the good, the bad, the evaluation, and then inherently in that process, you're going to tell them how to cope with those with the bad, 
You're going to yeah. teach them how, because that's the, the fun part is that the kid stuff is so much easier than what we think we're experiencing, but it's still the same stuff. And your family's your first mastermind group, man. Come right, on. right. It, 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 Dad, what do you think? Mom, what do you think? Hey, big sis, what do you think? Hey, little bro, what do you think? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They, they're your first mastermind. And the other thing is there's this idea that well, if, if order is a key component of early childhood education, then why the hell don't we continue that as adults? Right. We think all of a sudden that you come out of this where, well, structure is bad. You mean that I need to, I need to have a checklist for people that, that, that I want to date? Is that a bad thing? Yeah. No, it's not a bad thing. I mean, if you want somebody and you've noticed over time that these are things that you need, it's okay to evaluate that relationship. Right. You know, and I say it like this. You don't want structure, but would you go into a building that was built without blueprints? Yeah, or built without yeah. a foundation, or built without, no. yeah. No, if it didn't have a blueprint, bro, I will tell you, please don't go in there, yeah. right? Yet and still, we're trying to build lives, complex, you know, you know, physical, personal, professional, uh, 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 you know, just friends, all these other things, these different components of life, right? Recreational, without structure? And you think structure is a bad thing? No, structure is the thing that allows you to have fun. Mm. We will have a vacation here, something to look forward to. Here's some of the things we're going to do on vacation so it doesn't go by. We look back and say we didn't do things. Hey, we're going to talk about it every night. You know, it's so important to have that structure. You know, it's interesting because you say, you say structure is important to having fun. They did this research on type A versus type C personalities. And type A are the ones, you know, everything is scheduled. Everything is structured. Uh, everything is, it, it seems like it's high stress. And then type C is the, when I feel motivated, I am extreme. I have extreme periods of output. Uh, mostly a lot of, uh, it's sort of defined by creative thought and lack of rigid structure. That's the type C personality. And the irony is the type C personalities had more heart attacks. Because the type C personalities, let they lived in that position of stress. They were always in that position of unplanned, uh, uh, you know, uh, against the wall thinking as opposed to, no, I have a plan and I'm constantly reevaluating it, which is the type A way. And we think of the type A's as the heart attack people, but it's actually the type C's. And because the type A's love the process. They hey, love man, that I, process. And then when you have blueprints, look at all the crazy designs and buildings that have been built around the world yeah you have structure right you know god gave us mathematics you know gave us physics use them structure frank geary look at frank geary's amazing building the uh the disney concert hall in downtown los angeles it looks like he had a dream of making a building that looked like a crumpled up uh tinfoil ball and if you look at it you you can see it but he had obviously like every single bit of that had to be drafted in a computer and and perfectly done for it to even work and you get more creativity when you have the structure and so why then would we not apply that to the person that we're supposed to love the right. most in our life, which is the person in the mirror? And I, you know, again, I can't get away from the fact that we as humans have created social structures that make it a negative um, to self for to 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 indulge in self care. Yeah. And I say is it is imperative for you to do that. And by having structure in your life that gives you the the freedom and and you know the the a more of a stress-free way of life where you can actually enjoy the things that you do. And the other thing is is this. 
your calendar, just like an Excel spreadsheet of the amount of money you have in the bank, it doesn't lie. If you put your time in a calendar and you're like, well, I can do that, and you put it down there, and then you're like, oh my God, well, I should be able to do this. Wait a minute, your calendar is telling you you have 24 hours in this day. Yep. I need you to prioritize some things in this. And as you do that, then man, imagine, imagine that. Yeah. You, you self-prioritize based on your dream right. that you're engaged in, constantly refining who's in it and who's out of it based on how they, you know, help you realize your mm-hmm. goal. And then this written plan that you execute upon. Yeah. And- they, they say that actually the much better method than a to-do list is to do a time list where you you set aside time for each individual task. Like we think of ourselves as multitaskers. We are terrible multitaskers, first of mm-hmm. all. Our brain is not designed for that. Our brain is designed for one thing at a time. We just skip really quickly. And we actually do, when we multitask, we do a lot of things poorly instead of one thing well. But the, the so you're supposed to set aside the time for the task, beginning to end, and you're supposed to work on nothing else during that time. Whatever that task is, that is the only thing you work on. And then if you don't, and you have to stop at the end of the time that you've allotted, and if you haven't finished, you need to evaluate, one, how did you, this is, by the way, this is like, they just did, Harvard just did this research where they were looking at the best ways of, of, of product, uh, best means of productivity, and this beat all the other to-do list methods. And because then you have to evaluate why you thought it, it was going to take less time or why you thought it was going to take more time. And you begin to do this exact refining process that you and I are talking about where you realize what the time cost is of everything you're spending your time on. And you begin to then reevaluate your schedule in those terms. And you reevaluate what you're capable of in those terms. And sometimes you're capable of more and sometimes you're capable of less than you thought. And then you, have to, and then you prioritize according to that. You say, well, if I, if I can't get all of this done... What is the thing that I really need to or need and or want to do? And it makes you choose. It makes yeah. you prioritize. And I mean, these are things where these are the choices that yeah. allow you. you. You asked earlier on, can you teach this? We can teach that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, and, and so we can teach you how to then say, that might not have been the best choice for me to achieve this goal. Now, you may right. have had fun. And you can, in your reflection, you can say, hey, I had fun and I'm right. glad I did it this way understand that's great it just didn't help you get to that particular goal if you're cool with that i'm cool with that just don't blame somebody else because you didn't reach your goal right right no it's a very it 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 causes us to be accountable to ourselves and one of the things that you talk about is having fun in the process you wouldn't realize it's like the c.s lewis quote we are like children can tend to play with mud pies in the slums because we don't know the joy of a holiday at sea we choose these things that are fun because we think that it's that it's that it's the best thing and we see that as fun and then you, when you realize oh my gosh there's so much more if you can embrace the process this is so much more fun now cs lewis was talking about our sin nature versus our approach to god when he talked mm-hmm. about that parallel but i think it's i think it's in all of us and all of the things that we do we choose sometimes the short term things that feels more fun uh, playing with mud pies and suns because we don't realize that if you just get on the bus and go to the seaside it's way better yeah exactly it's way better Exactly. Yeah. And I think that people, pe- people self-regulate them, themselves out of experiencing enjoyment with more magnitude. You know, I, I think they limit themselves. I'm going to stay in the hood. I don't need to go out to the beach. Right. I mean, whereas I'm saying, OK, you know, not only am I going to go to the beach, but I'm going to figure out one day how to get there privately if I want to. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. And figure out how to go out there and play golf. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to go out there and do nothing. 
you know, these are the ways that I, you know, get my restorative, you know, um, rejuvenation, you know, mm-hmm. and, and again, but it, it all goes back to your self accountability and right. whether or not you are willing to be actively engaged in your own happiness. Mm-hmm. Man. Mm-hmm. Cause every time I see somebody that's like, well, I'm unhappy. And I'm like, how can you change your thoughts? What would make you happy? You think? And how can you change your thoughts and go deeper to get there? That yeah. it's, it's on each one of us. We are the main person responsible for our own happiness or not. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really true. You, I want to, I don't, I know your time is valuable and we do have to wrap this up, but you said, you've said something a couple of times and I, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you for some insight onto this, where you talk about reevaluating the people in your life and adding the people you call, you called it, um, uh, the, the, the mind group or whatever, uh, mastermind. mastermind group, right? So you, you want to add people to your mastermind group. How do you begin to, there's a lot of people who their dream. So you're a musician, right? Your dream was to be, a, was to be a pianist. Uh, there's a lot of people who are in a circumstance where they don't have access to people who would be able to like, they, they don't, they don't have Quincy Jones on speed dial. Like they can't, they can't get that going. Uh, how, how do you begin to add people in your life that move you to those places if you don't necessarily have the Rolodex uh, already in place? So number one, I would just say start at your basic, you know, public school level, your music teacher. Um, If we're talking about music or your art teacher, if you're talking about art, um, I would say go to, you know, the arts festivals where Mm. you can actively engage with people. Um, I am one, I don't have time really to, to do much teaching right now, but if it's guidance on, on business or career, I'm, I'm always open to give a couple of sentences, a couple of paragraphs some guidance and, or, you know, places to go to help those who want to be successful in the industry. I always tell other people also, um, that you must be a student of your industry, regardless of, you know, the industry that you're in, whether you're in medicine, you always have to stay up being a lawyer. Being, being a musician, being an artist, being a photographer, et cetera, being a dad or a mom, you know, what are the new methodologies that help our kids be, become resilient, you know, um, or develop resilience? And, you know, I, 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 I just think, you know, I, I just really believe that, that the masterminding group, I think all of that stuff is, is, is very important, Yeah, you know? And so just, it's almost as though like the more you are committed to that vision you have for yourself, the more you put yourself into situations where you can come across the people that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it, it is getting back to that point. Ask. Mm-hmm. You are in positions now. I mean, you can go to Spotify for artists and connect with songwriters, right? Yeah. You can, you can find engineers now. Um, if you need a lawyer, you can look at the volunteer lawyers for the arts in L.A., Miami, New York, D.C. to help you, you know, uh, scrutinize a deal or see what you may be able to do. You know, they're the Washington area, um, uh, the Washington Area Music Association in Washington, D.C., and they have the same in Nashville and all these other places. You get free events where you can go and connect with songwriters and other people. Man, if you want to play piano, and this is the kind of guy I am. If you want to play piano, go to the Steinway showroom and just sit down and start playing a little bit. And, you know, they'll, they won't say much to you, you know. And if they do, then maybe you go to your, you know, go to your public school and talk to the teacher about letting your son or daughter play on the piano 
a little while. That's what your tax dollars are for, man. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want the real good pianos, then go to like your community college and go to the music program. Great resources there. And that's the same in business. You know, if you want to, I don't know how to start a business, call the United States Small Business Association, Small Business Development Center in your area. And for free, you'll get advice on and, 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 a, and a counselor that will help you step by step on how to build your brand. Mm-hmm. Look at intellectual property. Um, come up with business plans. Now, you're going to do the work, but they're going to guide you. There is something out there for you. Hey, if you need to talk to someone, right, there's every county and, and state has a health and human services department. Mm-hmm. And plenty of community act, um, action uh, organizations, you know, to, to support you. Call them up. Be vulnerable and say, I just need to talk to somebody. Right. Can I help here, please? Yeah. If you're vulnerable enough to ask, there's somebody out there that's willing to help. And honestly, that is, that's been my key. When I got my first deal uh, funding um, with Bob Johnson, I asked. I asked him out for lunch. And we had a conversation. And then he said, well, how can I help you? And then the world's you know, first African-American billionaire, after three hours of grilling me, was like, how do I become a part of this? And I was like, I'm going to get back to you. I have a business <laughs> for that, right? And being prepared, man. Make sure... That um, even if you aren't playing piano right now, invest in the time in an app on your phone to just start with music theory. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing in business, same thing in art, same thing in, in, in engineering and helping you get your podcast off. Right now, we live in a time where information is cheap. If you just ask, mm. you ask the universe, you ask people, it'll come to you. Well, there you have it, folks. Marcus Johnson, thank you so much for your time today. Before I let you go, there's two things I ask everybody. First and foremost, how can people follow up with you and, and get to know you better? What, what are the places? Well, number one, you can go to my website, which is MarcusJohnson360.com. Um, link, to that in the web, link to that in the show notes. Okay, awesome. And any of my handles are at MarcusJohnson360, Instagram, Facebook. Um, and that's the main way. I'm, I'm not really a Twitter guy, but that's uh, Instagram and Facebook. And just inbox me. And, um, you know, uh, you can send a message through the, the website and, and we'll talk about whatever we need to talk about. Um, but, yeah. And then also, you know, information in the book. Uh, if you yeah. go to Audible and put that in, you know, you can listen to what we're talking about. And I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you on this. It was great. it was fantastic to go deeper with all with the whole flow concept for the love of. You can check out the book. There'll be a link to where to buy the book in the show notes, as well as to where to get the audio book. So you guys can just click those links. Also, links to Marcus's social uh, socials, uh, Instagram and Facebook. One last thing I asked to everybody, Marcus: What is one thing we can all start doing today that will make our lives a whole lot better? The number one thing, and it came up in this uh, conversation that you can do to make your lives a whole bunch better, is simply say, self, look in the mirror, say, self, I forgive you. Let's mm. get our flow on. <laughs> Forgiveness is the first step to flow. I love it. Yep. Thank you, Marcus. Yeah, thank you so much. That's it for our show today. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like this show, please rate, comment, and subscribe on, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Makes a big difference. Thank you guys to those of you that have rated it recently. I really appreciate that. Also, if there's something, somebody that you know in your life that needs to hear this, please don't be afraid to share this with them. It would mean a lot to us. 
Uh, if you would like to follow up with us, facebook.com slash John Tesh. We go live there all the time. You can check that out. Also, John's new book available at Tesh.com in the store section. If you use offer code podcast, you get 10% off your entire order, including the book. Those are all signed numbered copies available at the Tesh.com store, or you can get it wherever books are sold. We also have like DVDs and CDs at the Tesh store. So don't be afraid to check that out. Uh, John is also on Twitter at John Tesh on Instagram at John Tesh underscore IFYL. I am Gib Gerard. You can find me at Facebook.com slash Gib Gerard at Gib Gerard on Instagram and Twitter. Links to all of those in the show notes if you guys want to follow up with me. If there is uh, a topic that you want us to cover, if there is a guest you want us to have, you can uh, message me, DM me, mention me. Uh, I try to respond to every message and DM uh, because I do this, guy, this show for you guys. So thank you so much for listening. <laughs>